Welcome to another edition of Lens Burning Bush. I am Len Harvey. Before I bring on my guest for the week, I want to talk about what's really burning my bush. So hopefully everybody had a great Thanksgiving despite it being a little bit smaller and maybe you did Zoom because of COVID. You know, the best day of the year still features food, football, and family and not necessarily in that order. So F is not always a bad word. See, it's always, it's, it's pretty good there. So, however, one Thanksgiving tradition that really needs to go away, and I've been saying this for years, I really am tired of the Lions and the Cowboys always playing on Thanksgiving Day. Now, the NFL doesn't care about traditions, only money, but yet this, for some reason, remains. They've moved games to Thursday. To, we've had, we're having Tuesday games, but apparently this tradition, for some reason, is continuing. I, I don't understand um, at least give us something good to watch on Thanksgiving in addition, especially if in, in some cases that's, you know, you've got your family, but you want to be watching the football so you don't have to pay too much attention to your family on Thanksgiving. So that's kind of where it is. Now, the Lions all time record on Thanksgiving Day is actually not that bad. I had to look it up, but they're 37, 41 and two. But from 2004 to 2012, they were just a horror show. They lost eight straight games before winning four straight, and now, of course, after losing on Thursday, they've now lost four straight games. So I say enough already with this tradition. Now, I know it began uh, on, in 1934, so it's nearly as old as the franchise, and it's the biggest reason why football and Thanksgiving are synonymous, but things just need to end. It started with George Richards deciding to play a game, and the reason he played it, he had to attract more fans. So that was the reason that the Lions uh, were on Thanksgiving. And then it continued because Richard owned a radio station that was a major affiliate of the NBC Blue Network. Nobody even knows what that is anymore. It's time to move on from that. The Cowboys, meanwhile, they're 30-22-1 and 22 and one on Thanksgiving. And since 1978, the Lions and the Cowboys have hosted a game on Thanksgiving. And, of course, we know we've added another game uh, at night uh, in 2006. That's, of course, didn't happen this year because of the COVID situation with the game being moved to Tuesday with the Steelers and the Ravens. But we need a flex schedule, just like on Sunday night. We wait all day for Sunday night, apparently, and we get a better game. Well, we need to get a better game on Thanksgiving and do a flex schedule with better games. With that being said, it's time to bring on my guest for the week. He's a savvy radio veteran from the New York metro area, now the senior program manager of the syndicate. I want to welcome Jerry Rubino to Lens Burning Bush. And, Jerry, you're by the beach, which I'm a little bit jealous, and uh, we're doing this interview on the beach. So this is the first for Lens Burning Bush, by the way. Yeah, I figured I would do something a little different. But, yeah, so I'm on the beach here walking up and down in Seabright, New Jersey. Uh, nice morning out. But, you know, getting to your point, because I think a lot of people – face and bounce off your point and everything i wish the sunday night games the, i'm sorry the thursday night games would have different teams every year which i think you're kind of yeah, leading that way absolutely let it be because i think my raiders i'm a raiders fan and if i've had two or three games i mean i could be wrong the only history check i did on this was what the cowboys record actually was uh, 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 a uh, a radio buddy of mine this guy jeff k from jersey who's actually uh, uh the uh announcer for the uh the hockey team in Dallas has a hockey team, right? Is it yeah, Dallas the Stars. Dallas yeah. Stars, yes. yes. He, he, so he's a Dallas Stars uh, announcer and also for the Cowboys. 
So, you know, he posted about, you know, doing the, the Thursday night game. So let me say how good the Cowboys are. And as you mentioned, they're, I mean, they're decent. But, yeah, it's like, why the same? You know, I'm tired of seeing, and I don't say it in a negative way, but I'm tired of seeing those two silver teams. What about my silver team, the Raiders? Okay, yeah. put them on Sunday nights, Thursday nights. <laughs> I agree. And, 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 and what's crazy about it is the Lions have been just an utter abomination as an organization. I guess we give them this one thing, but why? We've changed everything. I, the other thing I want to change, and, and again, this is just me, I can't stand that the Super Bowl has to be played at 623 or 632 on Sunday night. We can move it to Saturday night. That's another. Well, they want to have tradition and whatever. They just want prime time and they want the money. But you could put the yeah. Super Bowl, I've made this argument, you could put the Super Bowl at 1 in the morning on a Saturday and you'd still get the record rating. So I don't think it really matters. Exactly. I mean, No, it doesn't really matter. If the wind is, is being, if you hear the wind, let me know. I'll walk yeah, I'm hearing way. a little bit. I, I lost you a little okay. bit. Hopefully, you're back. All yeah, right. yeah, there. Yeah, I'll go. Th- I'll go yeah. this way. Yeah, you're, you're you're better. So it's just a nightmare. Uh, I I've been saying this for years, but they're never going to change it. The Lions and the Cowboys. This is what we're stuck with on Thanksgiving. It's kind of like the turkey thing. Uh, I I always say, if turkey was this good, why do we only serve it twice a year, like Christmas and <laughs> Thanksgiving? Right. I mean, turkey is one of those things where it's the side dishes. They really make the whole thing. Nobody really sits there and goes, wow, the turkey is just, you know, phenomenal. Yeah, turkey is turkey. I mean, you know, sometimes the, the outside of the turkey, you know, the, uh, the, the, uh, the skin could have different tastes. And it does. And that always – but you don't get enough of that. When you're cutting the turkey, you lose the skin. And you don't really get enough of that when you're eating the turkey. But, but you know, you're saying, you know, you, you serve it once and everything. But let's face it, it lasts for about a week. Oh, absolutely. The <laughs> leftovers is what's great. I mean, but eventually you get tired of the leftovers and you're like, can we just order a damn pizza? I mean, that, exactly, that, exactly. that's the way it works. Now, the NFL is getting pretty serious about this whole COVID thing. Apparently, they are shutting down uh, in-person activities on Monday and Tuesday because they have heard um, – with the whole situation, then they're taking steps because it's come to the league's attention the number of players and staffers that celebrated Thanksgiving holiday with out-of-town guests. And we're seeing mm. this craziness with the Ravens now with uh, everyone testing positive, or at least nine people, I think, including Lamar Jackson uh, testing positive right. as well. So it's getting a little crazy. I, I think um, I don't know how to fix it. I mean, now we got Ohio State canceling their game. Uh, they they had to cancel. Uh, their coach has it, and several others. What are we going to do here, Jerry? I mean, is it, it 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 just seems like it's just continually getting worse. Yeah, I mean, I see. I was I was I was pretty adamant with uh, you know when the whole baseball season was about to start. Um, and yes, I'd love to follow baseball for an entire year, do the fantasy baseball thing, get excited. I, I just you know, and even early on, I mean, I I might have been one of those negative Nancys, but I just felt. I just felt that this whole thing was going to be really bad in some shape, matter, or form. Um, and, and I just never thought that the baseball season would ever start. And then what do we get? We get a 60-game season, yeah. which is, come on. I mean, nothing against the Dodgers winning the World Series, but it's like I was joking, uh, and I actually had to take the post down off, off uh, one of my social medias, that I put an asterisk. You know, like, because, of course, I got attacked for the Astros. Yeah, oh, right. So it was, an, it was an asterisk year. So I was joking with that. And I just had these Dodger fans lambasting me to the point where I said, you know what? I, I'm taking this down. Yeah. This is too much. I mean, don't get, I mean, 60, when you, just because you had the best record in a 60-game season and won the World Series, yes, congratulations and won the World Series. But it's not sports. I mean, I'm actually surprised football is gone as far as it's gone. You know, I mean, I'm a Raiders fan. We're having a great year, but. 
uh, yeah, just for the for the for the sake of the players and everybody involved with all these teams. I mean, it's it's, it's just scary. You know what? Whatever. You yeah. Know? No, it's it's definitely a scary situation, and the uh, NFL is having uh, issues now. We'll see. They move the game to to Tuesday. The Steelers and the uh, Ravens. We'll see if that ever that gets played even because uh, they've got to get uh, to a situation where they don't have any positive tests or at least uh, they'd start going down. Um, so that's kind of where we are. So on another has the, yeah. has, has the NHL set a date to start the season yet? Because that's supposed to start in like less than two months, right? Yeah, I, I think they're actually going to go sometime in January is what I had heard. I think um, yeah. that's, you know, but uh, it's tough. I mean, the NHL was, they did it in a bubble. Um, they seem to do okay. The NHL was one of the few that did a really good job uh, with, with that. But baseball, wound up making it through they had they had some cases uh football seems to be really having issues but the games again the nfl is like hold my beer the games get played you 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 know you never hear it well i always say that you know i hear all these players testing positive but i want to hear how they're doing like nobody ever says anything like are they recovering everything's fine no 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 issues right that's what i want to hear yeah i was yeah yeah exactly Exactly. So moving on from that to, uh, you know, unfortunately, Alex Trebek had passed away a couple of uh, weeks ago. But uh, Jeopardy had posted, as you get a little overhead there, Jeopardy had posted uh, on their website that uh, Alex believed in the importance of Jeopardy and always said that he wanted the show to go on after him and will honor his legacy by continuing to produce the game he loved. And that was Mike Richards, the executive producer of Jeopardy. So they made an announcement last week that they're going to resume production coming up this week with a series of interim guest hosts from Jeopardy, including Ken Jennings, who is apparently going to be the start of it. Now, Ken tweeted, he said that there will only be one Alex Trebek, but I'm honored to be helping Jeopardy out uh, with this in January. Um, So his episodes are going to start airing in January. Alex had uh, two weeks before his death had completed episodes that would run all the way through Christmas Day, I believe. So, wow. I don't know. You're a big Jeopardy fan. What, what's uh, you know? I was, I yeah. was. Uh, you know, when I when I watched, I had more time to watch TV. Yeah, Jeopardy and Concentration were my two yes. go-to games to watch on TV. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was great because you know, just like most people who watch it, I would think if not all of them, you you play along with it. It's yeah. not like you just watch it to see what happens. You're playing. You know? Oh, absolutely. The other the other day there was a question. Uh, they talked about uh, musical uh, celebrity, uh, mu- musical guests, or not musical uh, actresses. That's what it was. Musical actresses. Um, and before the question had come up, I said to my wife, he said, I bet you they're going to talk about Cher uh, and it's going to be Moonstruck. And sure enough, the question was this California born, uh, you know, in 1988, blah, 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 had two number one hits. Uh, the only one that actually won an Academy Award and had two number one hits in the same year. So, back to I Found Someone, if you can remember that that song. Back yeah. In, yeah. But but anyway, I just enjoy Jeopardy. I always have. Uh, I was a big game show buff growing up. I mean, I remember Joker's Wild and uh, with that. And, and then there was Bullseye. There was a whole bunch of Jim Lang and Jack Berry, all the hosts that I love. And Alex Trebek, of course, was one of them. And it's, you know, sad state of affairs. But he worked up until... He worked up until the end, which was amazing. Yeah, that that was pretty amazing, and I guess that just shows as they uh, are behind me here on the beach with their trailers, tractor trailers, whatever they're doing here. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's you know, and you gotta 
You know, I mean, obviously he, he took this whole thing knowing what was eventually, unfortunately, going to happen. And you, you would do that. I mean, I would have the same, probably the same feeling. I would, you know, do whatever I love if I was doing it for, you know, 30, 40 years, you know, pretty much one job. I would do it to the very end. Yeah. I mean, and just imagine, you know, if he was doing the show and, 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 and he passed on. Wow. I mean, just imagine the wow, legacy yeah. that show would be. This is know? true. Thank goodness that didn't happen. But yeah, I yeah, agree I'm with not, you. I'm yeah, I'm not saying that. Yeah. I'm not saying that in a laughing way. I'm just saying it's that's that's Alex Trebek. I mean, you know, it's uh, you know, it, it kind of reminded me the way Alex Trebek with that show. It kind of reminded me of of Dick Clark with New Year's yeah. Eve, and of course with Ryan Seacrest. Ryan took over. Right? Ryan yeah. is the one that's been doing it all. I mean, that's those are big shoes to fill. I mean, not a weekly thing, but it's that one big night that you're going to be shown on TV in front of however many million people are watching it. Yeah, it'll be a little bit. It's a big thing. It'll be a little bit different now uh, this year with uh, New Year's Eve, but but yeah, I I I I always think they should always bring Dick Clark back, like in clips, and rather have him do it, and then maybe Seacrest kind of on the side. But um, I'm not a you know Seacrest does okay, but he's not Dick Clark, like you said. It's very uh, tough to fill. So. One thing I wanted to bring up on this show, having you on, uh, I wanted to, I mean, we go back a long time, Jerry. So um, it was probably 1993, 92. I can't remember exactly the year because I'm getting old and I don't remember everything. But one thing that people don't know is, I mean, you used to broadcast on WFDU. TNX used to do an overnight show on Saturday or a late night show, I should say. And you got to uh, run the board for Fairleigh Dickinson University basketball, right? Am I getting this all? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. When I when I went from, you know, eventually it's like, you know, the way radio used to be. You do overnights for a handful of years, and then you graduate to the prime time, yeah. and that's what happened. I, uh, you know, then jumped to uh, Saturday nights uh, amidst Gary Williams, the uh, the late Jim Reakin, John Monroe, and that whole crew. And, yeah, I would be on, uh, you know, doing my show while basketball was on. And, obviously, Gary was there with the, you know, was there doing the game as well. So I would be the one in the studio. I'd get like a 40 minute show of my regular music. And then the basketball games would come on during the, uh, during the, uh, the you know, fall, winter, whatever the dates were that it, that it came on. Yeah. And one of the things that you did was there was um, with guess so, so David Smith, who I had on, um, on one of my episodes, David was on, um, but David and Gary Williams would do the play-by-play. David would do play-by-play. Gary would do the color for Fairleigh Dickinson University basketball. So I, uh, I remember you used to do Northeast Conference Basketball Report, or NEC Week was the name of it. And at some point, I don't know how it happened, but I got to write for you. Uh, so I used to write it each week, and then you recorded it, right? That's how, right? that's how it started. But then at some point, I don't know what happened, but you came to me and you just said, Len, look, just record it already. I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. So you were the reason I got into doing more radio stuff than than because I had just done the news on Thursdays at Fairleigh Dickinson, and then all of a sudden started getting involved with the basketball, and then later Gary moved to Seattle. So in 1995, I took over the play-by-play duties. So that's how. Right. It, but it all started with you. You were the main no. reason. I recorded, I wrote for you, and then later recorded it and used to play it and. It was a big deal. Like I remember, you know, it's funny how things, you know, that of course that was this is like 30 years ago almost, but I remember listening to part of the game just to hear my NEC because like, oh, I'm on the air. This is fantastic. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, no, just, and I'm glad I'm glad it directed you that way and you actually stayed with it. I mean, you know, we all in our quote-unquote careers do things and you know, you work with other people. And you know, you do things for them and you know, a lot of them unfortunately don't, you know, go on to do 
and for whatever reason, you know, it's, yeah. oh, this ain't what I want to do, or, you know, another job comes along that can make, you know, $100,000 or whatever the case is. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, that, that's, that's good to know. I mean, I, 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 I hear those, th- I'm sure we all do, I hear those stories every now and then. I was working down at uh, FM 106.3 down on the Jersey Shore, which I just passed a little while ago coming down to Seabright. And uh, a longtime friend of mine, Jeff Raspi, um, I, had, I stopped doing the Sunday nights at FM 106.3 in, I don't remember what year it was. I'm going to guess 2000, maybe, 99, 2000. And, uh, and Jeff took over that show. And he's become a, you know, down the Jersey Shore, you know, mama from this whole down the South Jersey uh, legend who's now over at WBJB with my old program director, Rich Robinson. So it's, it's nice to know that people do stay with something that, uh, you know, they actually like doing. Yeah, so it's good that I happens. love it. I, I've, I continue. Um, I do play by play for uh, high school football in, in Cincinnati area now. And uh, but I have a real job during the week and, you know, we, we do that. But this is the fun stuff like the podcasting. And, and the radio stuff is always fun. I love following you on social media because you've got all your stuff that you promote with uh, with music. And I wanted to get into one thing, which I, I don't know if you know about, but I'm sure you do. But according to Variety, Van Morrison and Eric Clapton are going to be releasing a new anti-lockdown song next month. Uh, I just yeah. I just heard about that yesterday. Yeah. So tell me more about it. So yeah. it seems like you've done. Yeah. yeah, I did a little bit of research for you because, you know, this is what I do. I want people to learn stuff from Lens Burning Bush here. But apparently uh, the so the anti-lockdown song next month at precisely the moment many cities are shutting down again uh, with the whole COVID-19. And it's going to support um, Morrison's Save Live Music campaign. The track titled Sand and Deliver was written by the Brown Eyed Girl singer and will be performed by Eric Clapton. Morrison also previously released three anti-lockdown songs earlier this fall, including Born to be Free, As I Walked Out, and in uh, in case you weren't clear on the message of the musician's recent work, No More Lockdown uh, was another one. Proceeds from the new single set to drop on December 4th. It's going to go to Morrison's Lockdown Financial Hardship Fund, which will benefit musicians. And people don't understand that musicians are really hurting during this whole time not being able to do their shows at bars and restaurants, you know, all the places that they normally would go every Saturday, Friday night, the, the local musicians are really hurting. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. I mean, you know, when this whole thing hit the industry, you know, in, in mid-March and then really became, you know, early April when it really became known that, you know, there's not going to be any touring, you know, no tours, no bands are going to be playing, uh, you know, because it really, you know, I'm thinking back, but the last show I went to was March 4th. In Brooklyn, at Rough Trade, to see this uh, Jersey band by of all means, r- uh, real estate, and that was my last show. Did I know it was going to be my last show, or anybody that was there that night? No. And then, you know, I think once they canceled uh, South by Southwest, which usually takes place in the middle of March, I, I, I just felt like, you know, this is uh, this is going to be tough. And you think, you know, like I already got the musicians, but yes, they still make music. But a lot of people forget that musicians, you know, the real money is in merchandise. And making money where they're playing, so, you know, not the ne- the big. Oh yeah, the big national acts who play stadiums and arenas get paid for playing, you know, each night. But those, you know, these ones that are playing clubs, you know, there was a handful of years where I was managing bands, and you know, how much are you getting? Oh, the band's getting fifteen hundred dollars, and we split it four ways. And that's you, know, yeah. you need that, and that's all gone. And, and the merchandising is the big thing. I mean, you know, I you think about you know one of the biggest bands that you know, probably most people know, and a band that I actually work with right now is you know, you think they're the biggest band in the world and they're making all this money from the records. I mean, they never had a hit single. They never really had big hit records. But, you know, I remember once 
their uh, their their uh, the guy Arturo Vega, who does all their merchandise. I said that's where the boys make all their money. Is all the stuff that we sell. That's their that's their you know a big part of their bread and butter. And those are little things you forget about in this whole playing and touring and stuff like that. It's sad. Yeah, very sad, and uh, we're losing you a little bit with the overhead. But um, anyway, it, music, musician. I just love music, and and we have a, a friend that does house concerts, and he invites musicians from all over to play a house concert, which we of course haven't been able to do with the whole COVID thing. But you know, you talk to these musicians, and they're so good. But it, but it's true. I mean, you know, we try to put a hat together and give money, uh, and we buy. I always buy the CDs. Uh, and what I do is I load them up into my iCloud so that I could I could listen to them on any device. Uh, but I really try, you know, to to uh, you know, with the local musicians, just like you know, s- support small business, which 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 is dying. Musicians are another part of this whole COVID thing, which people don't understand. That's uh, hurting really bad. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, like I said, every day it's it's just something different that I go like, oh yeah, right. These people are affected, or you know, hey, think about this. All these clubs that have been closed down. Yeah, the bands aren't playing there. But what about the people who were working there? And some of them, it might be their only job, and they haven't been working there. You know, the the person who's the bartender at Mercury Lounge in New York City, you know, five nights a week. Yes, yeah. you know. Well, I mean, hopefully these people have been able to find jobs elsewhere or whatever the case is. I mean, obviously we don't know because there's so many of them. But, you know, that was like the third level tier of people that I was thinking about because they're the ones that I see every night going into a venue. You know, the person who's checking you off the check li- off the uh, the um, the guest list. And then you got the bartenders and you got roadies. I mean, right there. Hello, roadies and, and, and tour managers. Ah, it's crazy. Yeah, it really yeah. is. And I have friends, too, in the restaurant business. And, you know, they... Um, again, they're off on another um, in Kentucky. They they've shut down in in person dining again. Uh, so yeah. you know places like Red Lobster and other other restaurants have kind of shut down here. So it's 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 difficult for the servers who make a living. I mean, they make a good living if they work you know full time. And you know when when you don't have any place to go to do that, you know where are you making your money? So it's it's you know we have to. That's why we're seeing more people. I I saw Donnie Wahlberg a couple weeks ago. We talked about a two thousand dollar tip to one of the wait staff at the restaurant that he goes to right you're seeing more and more yeah. of that because people realize hey you know they're suffering and people are suffering so you know support those restaurants and small businesses but uh you know it's uh kind of amazing through this whole thing but let's uh, hopefully we can stay safe and i've always you know during these whole uh, episodes there's a lot of things that bother me as i as I, you know reason why we've had 34 episodes there's always something irritating me and one of the things i've always said that bother me is this day and age everybody's taking pictures of everything right you go rather than take a picture in your mind we got to use our phones we're always taking pictures the selfies i can't stand the selfies everybody's always doing that but here's the reason there's a reason why i don't like it and this is going to prove my point jerry okay so okay I have said, you know, why we need to stop taking pictures and selfie everywhere we go. So here is an Alabama man plummeted to his death as yeah. he tried to take a photo in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park in Tennessee. And this is just one of the reasons, like, you got to get that picture. Everybody's worried about taking a selfie. They're, they're worried about, you know, getting out their phone to see something like it, it's just kind of ridiculous already with the pictures what are your thoughts i mean i know we're two old curmudgeons talking about this but what what about what are your thoughts about the selfies and the pictures we take too many 
Yeah, there are, and, and you know, yes, I'm around a lot of people who I feel take too many of them. Um, listen, you know, if you want to take selfies, that's fine. But you know what? It's different. That's this is what is the you know this is their generation. That's what they do. I mean, you know, you couldn't do that back in the day. I mean, it's, it's funny. The only person I recall doing selfies, and I'm gonna bring his name up again, is Jeff Raspy. Jeff had a little in a little camera who would do that, extend the arm out, and take a picture of him and whoever he was with. And those, he's the original selfie guy, but did it with a camera. But yeah, in this day and age, what are you gonna do? I mean, I, you know, everybody has something to, to complain about. That stuff that makes them feel, you know, like why are they? You know, I just let it be. You know, <laughs> I mean, I think I've taken six selfies in my life. Now I'm gonna go and check to see if it's only been six. But you know, I'd rather, like you said, I'd rather just take that picture of the cliff and everything behind it. Right. To me, that's that's the art picture of. But I get it. You were there. You want to show yourself in front of it. That's fine. But that's why I'll take the picture of it. And just underneath it, put where I took it. Yeah, I always try to take in the moment. I always try to take in the moment. But then there's like other things. Like I remember, you know, you you go up to the Grand Canyon. I would be like Chevy Chase. You know, okay, this is great. And then let's go. <laughs> it's a yeah. Well, you know what? I'll go. Let me. I'm gonna go right here. And if I'm with somebody, why don't you take the picture, 35 feet away, and just show the whole everything behind me right. and me the size of an ant. <laughs> exactly exactly but but, but this poor... it's, it's just it's it's this day and age i mean there's nothing wrong, like i said there's nothing wrong it's just it's that's that's the way it is i mean you can do about it. something's gonna kill you anyway but i guess falling 50 feet to your death because you took a a selfie or a picture of the smoky mountains is not not my way to go yeah no there is there have been some scary stories that i've read you know people that are you know stand up on a roller coaster and take a picture they say you know with them bars cut their head off you know stuff like that yeah <laughs> it's crazy well, with all the um, holidays out and, and everybody's now shopping, although doing it a little bit differently these days, right? We're, we're not as crowded, although I did get, you know, I saw that Best Buy was pretty busy yesterday over by us. So I'm, I'm seeing that you're more and more that, you know, Black Friday that, uh, you know, people are, are spending money, right? They're doing us. But these ad campaigns, which is kind of interesting, um, you know, some of the commercials are pretty, pretty good, like the Progressive commercials and the Geico commercials have all been, you know, kind of funny. Well, there's a, there's a funny commercial. Uh, I don't know if you saw, but LG is uh, doing these stackable washers, and they have a commercial where they sing, uh, "Baby, I've got your laundry," or "Dirty, baby, I've got your laundry." Have you have you uh, have you watched this? I, I, don't, I don't think I've seen it. No. Well, it's kind of interesting, but it, it's got several um, women and uh, dancing. One with a baby. And they're they're going around and they're dancing. But I have a problem. The problem I have with this this commercial is who in their right mind is dancing when they're doing laundry? No one ever is that happy. So I think it's. I'm sure there's at least two people. All right. There's got to be at any given moment. Well, I I want them to come to my house and do my laundry then. If you're going to dance and do laundry uh, with the LG, it's a great commercial. If you haven't seen it, it's. uh, they yeah, do the I'll song "Dirty Baby, I've Got Your Laundry." There you go. It's a, uh, uh, of course, uh, just kind of interesting. A lot of commercials. You know, there's somebody that has to approve these commercials and write them, and the ad agencies, and some of them are pretty creative, right? Yeah. Well, Jerry, how can we? Uh, I know you're working for the syndicate. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? Promote what you can. We want to how you can follow Jerry Rubino. Just. Uh, you know, because we want to we want to be on your your last word here on what you got. All right, yeah. Well, the syndicate 
Uh, which is basically Hawkins and Jersey is a uh, promotions company that's been around for over 21 years. Uh, primarily back in the day started as a uh, radio promotion company with college radio being the main thing. And over the years, it's grown. Metal radio, you know, alternative specialty, which I do, that do people that do new music shows, especially shows around the country. Regular commercial alternative radio, non-com radio, AAA radio. Some people go, AAA, wait, wait, what are you talking about? What's non-com? What's AAA? We don't have enough time to discuss that. <laughs> but also we do, you know, we have, a, we have an in-house PR team. Get out of here, uh... Oh. I guess it's a good time to work on the beast. But, you know, we work with comedy, we have a PR department, we have a street marketing team, we have a social media team, social marketing. So we have all that, which is really good. It's grown just in the seven years I've been there, we've had like two or three departments. So, you know, and, and fortunately, we've been able to, uh, you know, keep up with what we're doing because, you know, there's still artists are still making records. Um, there's still radio stations out there. I mean, everything that's there, with the exception of touring, um, is, is is viable. So, you know, knock on wood, you know, we continue. I mean, obviously working out of the house. We've been working out of our home since the 12th of March, but, you know, able to do what we're doing. Well, that's great. You know, and, yeah, radio promotion is always something I've fallen back on because over the years, as you mentioned earlier about, you know, for the most part, a lot of people, you don't make enough uh, money in radio. I was doing both. You know, even though I was at FDU, I was working in either Bar None Records or Chrysalis Records, Radioactive Records. I was working there because that's where, you know, you had to put the two together to uh, to make the money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and, we, you know, money's important, right? We we need to buy be yeah. able to buy things. This is exactly. certainly the case. Buy records. Well, Jerry, it's certainly, you know, a pleasure uh, to have you on uh, Lens Burning Bush this week. You know, I know... We go back a long time, as we mentioned. We talked about the early 90s, and it's amazing uh, 30 years later how things are. Uh, we're, we're still trying to, to do stuff in radio at some point. Um, but you can like uh, Lens Burning Bush on Facebook, at Lens Burning Bush, and you can follow at Lens Burning Bush on Twitter. Listen on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and you can even ask Alexa to play Lens Burning Bush. I'm, I'm really hit the big time. You know, we're in 28 states. Wow, you, got, yeah. you, you got locked in. Yeah, locked in, baby. You could do it. 28 states, District of Columbia. We've had a few downloads, and I guess people just find the show, and then some of them come back to it, some don't. But we've had downloads in the U.K., um, so uh, Ireland, Germany, Switzerland, Norway, France, Mexico, Japan, and Alberta, Canada. So I'm, I'm, I'm branching out uh, as people find it. Uh, but, uh, not, you know, it's one of those things where once they find it, they're like, what the heck is this? And they're done, you know. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, it's, it's, it's episode, you know, 34 episodes, and we'll see if we can continue to, to do this. But it's, it's, it's conversations like this that make me want to keep doing it um, because we haven't talked in a long time. And I know, uh, you know, we do social media together, but it's, it's not the same thing. No, it's not. And and actually, like, you know, I came into this, like, you know, I, I went through many of the shows. I said, all right, I have an idea what they're doing. Um, and I said, but I'm going to go into this not knowing what I'm going to get asked about, where we're going with this. I knew that it basically starts off that little, you know, shall I call it a rant at the yeah. beginning. And you just branch it from there. And and this was fun. I, mean, I could do this every week. Yeah. I have the time. It, exactly. And and that's I, I like doing it. I really enjoy it. And it's it's fun for me. And that's really what's important, right? It, it's all about me. So that's kind of what it is. But Jerry, thank you so much uh, for joining. I'm Len Harvey. Be back again with another episode of Lens Burning Bush next week. So long.